Hello, Ghetto Queens and Kings, and welcome back to Ghetto Diaries Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. So before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say that if you haven't already, you need to go over to Ghetto Diaries, um, sorry, Ghetto Diaries Podcast Instagram, and make sure to like the last post and tag your three friends in it. It is a giveaway post, and trust, this pleasure basket is going to be so cute. It's going to have a vibrator in there it's gonna have a sex toy and it's gonna have some other little cute gadgets look it's gonna be really cute guys okay and if you don't enter now you will be disappointed once you see that basket and you are not the winner okay (laughs) but um yeah if you don't enter it will go to one of the top three most interactive accounts on instagram and this um how I chose these three accounts was basically I chose the top three accounts that liked the most recent posts that um, had DM'd me recently, had replied to a story recently, um, things of that nature. So it does matter when you interact on Ghetto Diaries podcast and you will be rewarded for it. So the top three interactive accounts are already automatically entered. And like I said, if no one fucking (laughs) tags their friends in those comments and likes the posts, one of those accounts will get it. And I won't be mad about it because that kind of sounds even better to me. (laughs) But I did have a moment earlier when I did feel like, okay, I'm making this giveaway post and... You know, I'm only at 100 followers on Instagram and, um, you know, not so many people initially interacted with the post. And so there was a moment where I felt like, okay, am I doing, you know, just like, is it worth it? Should I even continue with this podcast? Who am I really doing it for? Um, Why am I doing it? You know... That's, those are just some of the thoughts that ran through my head, if I'm being honest. And I really almost wanted to give up. I almost wanted to quit and just be like, honestly, I don't. But fuck that. Fuck that. Okay. I started Ghetto Diaries podcast January 2020. And I'm going to keep fucking going. It's only been a year. And I can't, you know, I can't reap if I don't sow. So I can't expect to reach these certain heights and these certain levels if I don't keep putting in the work. And honestly, I don't expect you guys to see the vision. I don't expect anybody to see the vision because I'm the only one that has the vision for what I want out of this podcast and just for my life. So what I know I want for this podcast is I'm going to have my own fucking studio. Okay, and there are going to be people working behind the cameras for me, working, uh, doing certain shit for me. And I'm going to have a creative team. And this is only the beginning of, of what's about to happen. And I know, I know that Get Out Diaries podcast and myself personally are going to reach certain heights that definitely definitely are going to be unexpected to some but not to me because I know that I was destined for great things and I know who I am I know the gifts that I've been given I know the tools that I need to use to get where I want to go and I just know I'm anything but ordinary I just feel like everybody is anything but ordinary everyone is so different unique and special and we are all we are all so 
so fucking different and special and fucking creative, okay? And I know that what I have to offer to the world is valuable. And I know that God, the universe, the the higher spirits, the higher beings, the higher power <laughs> have given me this gift to be able to soothe people with words. And that's why I started Ghetto Diaries podcast because I knew that there was someone who could benefit from what I had to offer, from what I've experienced in life and even what I've learned. And I knew that there was going to there was somebody out there that has been um as broken as me and as lost as me and as hopeless as me and I knew that I wanted to help somebody and I wanted to motivate somebody and I wanted somebody I wanted to teach somebody how special they were and that's why I started this podcast because I wanted to uplift everyone that I possibly could and so that's what Ghetto Diaries is going to continue to be because you know what I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I'm here for who I'm here for. Whoever needs to hear the fucking message that I have to offer will hear the message. And I am positive that it's not going to miss anyone that it's for. So if you are here, just know that you and I are touching a special moment in time and we're connecting. And I love you and I thank you for being here. And I'm happy to be here. So, you know, there's just certain times in life where there's going to be that voice in the back of your head that's fucking uh, making you doubt, making you doubt yourself, right? And it could be somebody's voice from the past, somebody that raised you, maybe somebody that was around you. You know, a lot of times we take those negative voices when we're young and we keep them inside of our heads and then they come out later and we don't really realize it all the times, but... It's just an example. I've always thought or I used to think I had a big nose. Now I don't think I have a big nose and I actually love my nose. And the thing is, whether or not it's big or small is so subjective and it's an, it's an opinion, right? So someone made me believe that my nose was big. I, I, I actually remember a certain someone. <laughs> my mom always told me I had a Garza nose and, you know, she talked about my dad's nose like it was huge <laughs> and the Garza's nose noses like they were huge so I knew what that meant and automatically I did not like my nose so you have to recognize when some of those voices of negativity saying that you won't be you won't sorry my dog is in the background <laughs> so I just got okay I'm gonna say this really quickly and then we'll go back I just got my dog today. His name is Zozo. He has been in the family. He was with my brother, but um, my brother sort of, you know, it didn't work out. And you know that when you can't care for um, an animal or, you know, yeah, when you can't care for an animal to the best of your abilities, you know, it's time for you to hand over your responsibilities. So that's what happened. And yeah, I'm looking forward to just, I don't know, enjoying my life with this pup because I love him and he's so sweet and I'm excited um yeah to just love on him and for him to love on me he's so sweet and cute anyways let's go back to what I was saying when those negative voices come you know telling you you're not special telling you that you're not going to be successful that you're not going to reach these heights uh that nobody cares (laughs) you have to kick those fucking voices to the side because honestly when it comes down to it 
where we should at least do things in life because we genuinely want to do them, not because somebody wants us to do them or because somebody taught us that this is what you quote unquote should do. You know, we should always do it because we want to, because it makes us happy, because it's going to bring us some type of joy or peace. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Some type of joy. And for those of you who said bless you, because I just feel like someone said bless you. Thank you. <laughs> and I just feel like that's so weird, but I just know someone's going to say it at that moment. Um, Anyways, so if that was you, message me. <laughs> Um, but anyways, um, yeah, there's always going to be those voices. You're going to have to learn how to kick them out of your head because what's important is that we're on our journey to constantly every day is a different journey. So when we wake up in the morning, we have to remember that, sure, there are things to remember from the past that we can learn from, but let's not dwell on them. It's the start of a new day. And that's honestly what you got to do with every moment. So when I felt that way earlier, it's it's like, fuck it. It's like, fuck this voice. It's like, fuck those negative thoughts. I'm going I'm going to record a fucking podcast because this is what the fuck I'm good at. I know what I'm good at. And I don't need to see uh, people in the comments for a giveaway to feel proud and to feel successful And to feel accomplished and to feel talented because I know already without the validation that I am all of those things. And I can validate myself, okay? And I'm really hyping myself the fuck up. Like, I'm really feeling this energy. Like, I'm really fucking with it. Because this past week, I'm not going to lie to you, I I let that little voice, like, fucking just yap at me. I kind of let it just get the best of me without even knowing. Like, it was like my days were, like, really really mellow but in between the mellow was just sort of not mustering up enough I guess courage to talk to that voice and then not also fighting for joy it was just kind of a you know like a I'm always able to be some type of positive because trust I have learned that that's one of my surviving you know that's something I use to survive that's one of the tools for survival that I definitely definitely take advantage of um and so I know how to be positive even when I don't feel that way right and that's called to a lot of people um well not to a lot of people but the term is toxic positivity uh you know I don't encourage anybody to act like you feel happy when you're not but let me tell you sometimes that works for me okay you ever heard of fake it till you make it sometimes literally that's just what has to happen that's like I said for me I'm not giving anybody the advice to do that but look if you have to if you've been feeling shitty for so many fucking days in a row and then you got to fucking talk to yourself and you got to talk yourself out of it and you got to be that confident voice or you got to be that strong voice even when you don't feel confident or strong that's what the fuck you got to do so let's get into today's episode because I feel like that was a real long intro. <laughs> so every day or every podcast episode, I decided that I sort of liked what I was doing with the quote of the day. Um, I don't know if you guys liked that or enjoyed that, but I'm going to sort of keep doing that in a, in a way because um, in a way I instead of the quote of the day, I'm going to read um a quote from a book. 
So sometimes that's going to be a quote. Sometimes it's going to be like a short passage. Sometimes it might be a paragraph, whatever. But it's going to come out of a book every time. So this book is called Love Looks Pretty on You, Poetry and Prose by Langleave. So there were like two that I wanted to read. Okay, I like this one. It's called At Last. At Last. Love looks pretty on you. Makes you soft, tender, proud. Makes you sit up and take notice. Gives you a home to set down your things. What a blessing it is to have music and dancing and poetry. What a gift it is to look at someone and say, I'm so happy to have found you. At last, at last, at long, long last, you're here. So, I like this, but I want you to think of it in the aspect of talking about yourself so when she says i'm so happy to have found you think about you looking at yourself in the mirror and saying i'm so happy to have found you at last at last at long long last you're here um think of that and think of how profound that is if you're looking at yourself and you're telling yourself that because i don't know about you guys but there was a moment where i lost myself I lost myself and I didn't really even know who I was, what I liked to do, um, where I was going, where I was going to end up in life. And I just felt like I had no hope, no ambition, no motivation, none of that. And I can finally look at myself in the mirror and say, (laughs) you're here. Um, and I also believe that throughout the duration of life, you may lose yourself or quote unquote, lose yourself every time. And I say quote unquote, because we have so many thoughts of who we are, right? Sometimes your mind can get away from you and you have the thought of who you are, but you don't realize that you, you always are right. You always are in existence, you always are these surges of electricity and these vibrations flowing um, flowing from one from one setting to another inside of your body like you always are this energy, right? You always are one with everything um, and you always are perfect as you are you are always worth it as you are you are always enough as you are and I think it takes a certain level of a certain level of maybe enlightenment to reach that stage where you do really realize and recognize that you don't have to even know who you are at all points right but there is um There are moments before you get to that point where you do feel lost and you feel like you have to know who you are. And but I do believe that the the part where you don't know what makes you happy and you don't know what you like to do, um, it is very real to feel lost in those moments and feel like you do not know who you are. But let me let me just encourage you 
if you are at that point where you do feel like you don't know who you are, what you like to do, what makes you happy, just make a list. Start to make a list. Make a list of things that you th- that you think would make you happy and or things that you've never tried before. Try new things. See what makes you happy. See, you know, try to figure out what it is that you enjoy and what it is that's going to contribute to your well-being, to your mental health. Um, so yeah, that was the little um quote or excerpt from today. We're going to go ahead and move on to the topic for today. So today we're going to talk about childhood trauma, a little bit about my very own personal childhood trauma and how I have healed from this um, or from these, yeah, from the trauma. Um, This was a requested episode. So I, yeah. So it was a requested episode, and it was something that I already wanted to talk about, but I guess I didn't um, didn't want it to be forced. But as soon as I knew that someone wanted or needed to hear how I healed, I just knew I had to record it. So let's get into today's episode. I'm going to go ahead and explain a little bit about what childhood trauma could be um, for those of you who might not know. So gonna go ahead and read this from a website which is a little long I was going to say the website but I guess I will <laughs> um ncbi.nlm.nih.gov <laughs> that was long anyways um these were certain I guess you could say certain t- these are certain types of childhood trauma that one may experience one the witnessing of violence the first-hand observation of violence that did not directly involve you two physical neglect not having your basic life needs met three emotional abuse verbal and nonverbal behaviors by another individual that were purposefully intended to hurt and control you not kid or tease you four physical abuse any physical insult against you that would be considered inappropriate by either yourself or others that left vis sorry visible signs of damage on your body either temporarily or permanently or caused pain that persisted beyond the punishment and five sexual abuse any sexual activity against your will um all right so i guess to start let's start at number 1 for me the witnessing of violence, the first-hand observation of violence that did not directly involve you. Um, most definitely, this is definitely um, one of the one of the childhood traumas. I guess I have my mother and my father started off their relationship very toxic, very just very toxic, very manipulative. And as I was born, you know, that didn't necessarily change. I think it only escalated. So I was unfortunately a witness to my mother's physical abuse. My father most definitely abused her for many years. And truthfully, it didn't stop until I was a teenager. Um, and I think it only stopped. It truthfully only really. St- 
<sighs> it's hard to say, but I, I, I mean, it only really, really, really stopped when my mother was um, sort of diagnosed with cancer. Um, so as I got older, my mom did learn how to fight back, but it didn't make the act of the domestic violence any less violent uh, or any less traumatic. Uh, so she would fight back, and I think that, you know, she ran him over. She would be fighting this six-foot dude. You know, she was like five-foot-two. Um, so, yeah, I witnessed a lot when it comes to to physical abuse and um, when it comes to violence. There were many times where I tried to intervene as a child and was just completely shut down by him. And I think that along with my mother, I became scared of him as well. And also, I, as I got older, began to lose respect for her as well. But we can talk about that later. Number two, physical neglect, not having your basic life needs met. Um, I want to say that I experienced this to a certain extent, right? Because I do believe that I'm blessed. I do believe that, um, I do believe that I'm blessed. I do believe that I was fed and, um, clothed and I can't say that, you know, my parents let me walk around with holes in my shoes, but I can say that sometimes the bills weren't paid. You know, I can say that sometimes the fridge was empty. You know, I can say that sometimes I might not have had what I needed. But my parents had their drugs, their alcohol, their, you know, their company. Um, so, yeah. Number three, emotional abuse, verbal and nonverbal behaviors by another individual that are purposely intended to hurt and control you. Uh, my father was very, very manipulative. My father was very verbally and emotionally abusive. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately for my younger brother when we were younger, I feel that since he was a boy, he got most of the most of the physical abuse, but we both were verbally abused um and unfortunately, as I grew older as honestly the last time that this happened was twenty twenty um my father got drunk, and it was a habit of of his getting drunk and stirring up arguments with me or maybe I was just fed up with his with his shit every time he would try to approach me with something but things would get verbal and I remember certain instances where I was even just uh younger and um he would try to poke his fingers into my chest very roughly and I consider that abuse on its own. <laughs> but yes, there was there was plenty of verbal and emotional abuse. There were times where 
Um, I was locked in a room and my mother and father would fight over me and, you know, the cops had to be called. And then I was asked by the cops who I wanted to go with, things like that. Number four, physical abuse. Now, I wouldn't say that I was physically abused, truthfully. Truthfully, I would not say that. Um, there's My father did not, you know, try to whoop me as a teenager or anything of the sorts, so I cannot say that. And five, sexual abuse. I, thank God, have never been sexually abused. Um, I have been sexualized as a teenager and as you know a young woman by many of my father's friends I didn't always feel protected by my father I didn't even feel like it mattered um if I told my parents because I feel like I had told my mom a few cases a few times when I didn't feel comfortable and it didn't necessarily matter enough for them to stop hanging out with um with those people right so So, (laughs) let's get a little into, a little more into how I, how it affected me and when it affected me and how I began to heal. So, I believe that as a child, I've always been very very sensitive and i believe it's because i could always feel um i could always feel energy very strongly but there was something about the the spirit of anger that lived inside of the childhood home that i was raised in so many of the adults that lived there were angry and they took out their anger most definitely on myself and at times siblings or at times brother because it was mostly me and him at the moment. Um, they definitely took their anger out on me. I felt like I was treated like like an outcast. I knew I was uh, my father's daughter, but it it didn't feel like that. I could have sworn that I was. I could have. You could have sworn that I was the stepchild. By the way that I was treated. It was just very mean. Very mean. Um, So that caused me to just sort of visualize myself as an outcast. Truthfully. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Anyways. So I grew up in a very angry household, very toxic household, uh, where, you know, things happen like my aunt stealing, um, my aunt stealing money from my mom and my mom having to ask everyone else if they stole it and no one telling the truth, you know, or no one had stolen it, but the person who had didn't tell the truth or things like me hanging out with a friend down the street, going to her party, and then going back home and realizing that my uncle, my drunk uncle, my drunk and drugged uncle, who lived in the back shed, uh, had stolen her dog, and I had to return it. You know, shit like that happened in the household. Um, <laughs> shit like like that. Um Shit like me not being able to play with chalk 
outside on the sidewalk because my uncle was angry and would start to talk shit to me. Like, I literally talked shit to grown-ass men probably at definitely by the age of 12 because the shit that was happening around me was just outrageous. You know, my drunk uncle would come in and talk. Um, My aunt is handicapped and so... or. Yeah, so, well, handicapped, disabled. Um, and um, my drunk uncle would come in trying to stir up an argument with her and trying to talk rudely with her and just be, be abusive and, and talk to her like she was trash, like she was nothing. So I most definitely always had to say something because that's just not who I was. I just was not the type that was going to allow people to uh, abuse those that were around me. So, apart from that, okay, let's fast forward a little. We moved out. We lived in my grandmother's home with about at least seven other people. Um, We moved out and got into our own home. And this is the first childhood home I have. And this is in Edgebrook. And at this childhood home, I remember literally waking up and... I woke up to my baby sisters, because now my baby sister was born. She was about like six months or something. I would wake up to my baby sisters' screams and cries. And when I tell you my parents were knocked out, they were knocked out. They did not wake up. They did not care about this baby's cries. And I would feed her. And I learned how to literally feed and change a baby's diaper at a young-ass age. (laughs) And... um. So that that also is what I feel as a what I see as a form of neglect because the fact that my siblings were often denied their basic needs uh just it it made, made me feel like I was ripped of my childhood and I had to witness that so that felt a lot like neglect to me um and so fast forward we moved into another home which was back in our neighborhood, and it was on Zoe Street. And at this household, a lot of the habits from the old household um, passed along, and there was constant... Every every weekend was a different little soiree, was a different party. They were always drinking. They always had company over. I felt like I never really had peace. I could never really be alone at my house because I never knew what was about to happen next, who was about to show up on the front door, at the front door, and, um, you know, what was going to go down. My parents did not turn people away. (laughs) They were those party people. Oh, should you show up with some beer? Bet. And I understand that to a certain extent. Um... You know, the abuse followed. My father and my mother were very toxic towards one another. Very toxic. Um, they practically hated each other. There were there were no events that went without without them cursing each other out and just making each other miserable. Um, honestly, I feel like a lot of times my father started the arguments... But I also don't remember every argument clear enough to say. So I'm going to say that it was definitely most times 
um, fueled by him, but my mom probably added to it knowing their toxic nature. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm drinking a beer, so I'm literally burping the fuck up. <laughs> me chugs beer. Um, <laughs> they... It would be Easter. We'd be getting ready. It'd be Christmas. We'd be getting ready and we'd fucking... We'd be running just even a tad little bit late and shit would just go sideways. By the time we showed up, it was like, really guys, can we even just have some fun today? Shit cannot even be a normal casual event. Here y'all are cussing each other the fuck out, ruining our moods. Like, really, it's toxic for us all. Um... And the abuse continued there, you know, and my my parents really began to this when I was a teenager in high school, they really began to not be present in um, my life and in my siblings lives in ways that mattered. So they're more focused on themselves than anything. And that's part of the neglect as well. I graduated and my dad wasn't living in the house anymore. So I was just sort of helping, you know, when I would wake up see what the kids wanted to eat, things like that. Um, Gave my mom some money for the bills. It tried at least to do what I felt like was uh, the best at at the moment, the best for everyone. And I remember times where my mom would come home just completely drugged out. Um... And she was a zombie at times, truthfully. Truthfully, she was a zombie. So I definitely had to witness my mother uh, at the worst of her drug addiction. And for most of my life, my father tried to pretend that he was perfect. And he tried to paint my mother out to be a monster because she smoked weed. And um, little did he... Little did we know as children that he smoked weed from time to time himself and that he dibbled and dabbled into worse things that, you know, into worse things than weed. And he was suffering from an addiction to um, another drug as well. So it just, you know, he lied. He really manipulated us as children to believe that my mother and what she was doing was wrong and that she was some type of addict but he he didn't let let us know that he himself was not perfect. You know, he painted himself out to be very perfect. And that's where I definitely got a false sense of perfectionism existing. You know, I wanted to be perfect and it's literally in the eyes of what is perfect, you know, the the concept of what perfect is is obviously different to everyone, but it is mostly the same for a lot of people and um it doesn't exist right uh it's it's a concept it's something that's real because we agree on it um and that's another deep thought that we can go into on another podcast but think about how many things are real because people agree on them anyways that's that's deep if you got me you got me if not we're just gonna keep rolling with this one (laughs) um so needless to say I have experienced many, many traumatic events uh, growing up, and I honestly just gave a brief overall summary so that you guys could kind of see what I went through, and maybe, maybe we relate, you know, maybe 
you went through some of the same things. Um, and just know that what hurt me from my childhood was pretty much me, me not being told, you know, enough that I was special. I was beautiful. I was perfect as I am. I felt like I didn't know myself. I felt like that's why I felt like I didn't know myself because I was never, I was never told that who I was, was enough, you know, who I was in every moment was perfect, who I was in every moment was worthy of, of everything, of unconditional love, of kindness, of joy, you know, so I felt like I was ripped of everything that like a child needs to grow like into a beautiful and amazing adult, but obviously we cannot blame our past and our parents for who we are as adults. I had to rewrite my story. I had to write my own truth and accept it for myself. So here are the few here are a few things that I did to heal from childhood trauma. One I acknowledge that I was not to blame for the lack of anyone else's happiness in my life. Um, So I felt a lot of times that my dad took his anger out on his children and that he blamed uh, whether that was my mother or us. Um, He blamed us for his lack of happiness when he could have just felt joy with the life that he had he he had an unhappiness and it was always someone's fault you know it was because the house wasn't cleaner because our grades weren't good enough or because this this that right and so i had to acknowledge that i am not to blame for anyone's lack of joy and i do not control anyone's emotions i'm not in charge of anyone's emotions so that's that's something i had to learn number two I began to break generational curses. That spirit of anger to me was a generational curse that I truly had to break the spirit of. And I still obviously have to deal with that sometimes because my anger does definitely get away from me sometimes. It just did a few days ago. And I was like, who the fuck is that? You know, I haven't seen her in a long time or maybe I thought I hadn't. But she popped up and she definitely showed me. She she was in the rear view. I had to skirt off on that bitch. Skirt, skirt. The fuck, bitch? You ain't getting in the car. Anyways. <laughs> um, yes, there are certain generational curses that we have to break. Like, for instance, another generational curse that I broke was uh, leaving someone that does not love you and that does not show you the love that you deserve. Oh, fuck. I feel like I accepted the bare minimum from someone for so long because I saw my mother accept the bare minimum from my father for so fucking long for so fucking long she forgave him for everything and she never made him work for the forgiveness and I with you know I thought that I would never take that with me I thought that that was something that I would never struggle with because in in the back of my mind I thought you know what that's not gonna fucking be me that could never be me and then, bam, <laughs> uh, I had to learn the hard way that, hey, bitch, even though you said it w- could never be you, there's still a little girl inside of you that's healing from childhood trauma. And guess what? She hasn't learned yet that, you know, she hasn't learned how to walk away and how to break this curse. But 
you know, the grown ass woman in me had to fucking learn, had to fucking learn and had to had to break that curse of being with someone who is no good for you. That does not show you the infinite love that you deserve, infinite love, loyalty, honesty, kindness that you deserve, you know. So I I had to decide what I would take from my parents and what I would leave behind and I learned what I did and I did not want from their lives and so I had to remind myself of who what and how I didn't want to be and the curses that I had to break um number three I rooted my confidence in myself because I knew I would remind myself how perfect worth it and enough I was when needed so like I said I didn't I don't feel like Uh, I was, you know, affirmed too much as a child. Every child needs to be affirmed. Every child needs to needs to know that they are literally that they're perfect and that regardless of the quote unquote mistakes that they make, that they are perfect. And regardless of whether or not they make you quote unquote happy or not, because it's not your child's job to make you happy. It is truly not that they're perfect. And regardless of that fail that F, they are perfect. You know, I wasn't affirmed enough, so I had to learn how to literally not fucking seek validation, not fucking seek confirmation from anyone, and to just be able to remind myself that, hey, you are amazing. You're the shit. You're the fucking bomb.com. Like, you are kind. You are loving. Like, you are caring. You are such a beautiful angel that has been able to work through all of your hardships and been able to find the light um, at the end of the tunnel every time, every time. And you're perfect worth and enough. You know, I have, I had to remind myself and I had to make myself my own anchor, especially in confidence. Number four, I stopped thinking about who people wanted me to be and start being who I wanted to be. So I was raised to be a people pleaser. I was raised to make sure that what I did, my actions aligned with my dad's joy and my parents' joy, you know. And it was it was just like if I if I had done something that they didn't necessarily agree with or enjoy, that I was a failure. That's how it felt. So I just learned to people please naturally and I had to learn how not to do that because people pleasing can cost you your joy your peace your life like there's not enough time in the world there's not enough there's just not enough of anything to make me want to put someone someone's ideas of joy above mine or someone's idea of a good life above mine like that's my choice number five I stopped allowing people to run over me um so at some point you're gonna have to find your voice with or without the tears or through them um so I had to learn how to stand up for myself I'm not gonna lie obviously you know it wasn't always easy for my brother and I we fought sometimes and um when I became severely depressed, he was not able to understand. A lot of people in my family were not able to understand. They had acted like if, you know, there was something wrong with me, like I was sick. But I knew, I knew that there were persons in my father's family and in my mother's family who were depressed, who had been for a very long time, or who just had been depressed before in general. I knew that I was not crazy, 
And I knew that I was not the only one, but I knew I was the only one honest enough with myself to realize it. And so I just say that to say that because um, my brother didn't understand. He said a lot of things that didn't weren't helpful and you know a lot of people didn't understand and a lot of people said things that weren't helpful and in different walks of my life and I had to learn how to stand up to those fucking voices not not just later but in the moment you know I had to learn how it wasn't disrespect but it was respect for myself you know the the and that was the last time my dad talked drunk to me was like I said 2020 last year in March and he hasn't again because I made sure to let him know that I was not the fucking one to play with anymore. I was not. I'm not a young girl. I'm a grown ass woman. And I'm going to need as much fucking respect as you want me to give you. And I'm not going to fucking stoop for anything less. No, you're supposed to be the man that treats me the best in my life. Well, guess what? You've done a shitty job and you need to fucking do better. And that's just the end of it. You've got to stop allowing people to run over. You've got to stop accepting the bare minimum. And at some point, if you do understand that some people are just not going to love you the way that you deserve to be loved, you're going to have to distance yourself from certain people. And yes, that means distancing yourself from those toxic family members. I have blocked my brother many times. <laughs> He's had, he's had, you know what I'm saying? He's had those little, those fingers, I call them Twitter fingers, <laughs> um, where he's just gotten a little too bold over text at time, in the past, uh, in the past, and just started saying some crazy shit, and I had to hit that block. Look, not for you, not for nobody, I'm not allowing anybody to talk to me like that. No. Especially not when you're supposed to be a man in my life that shows me love and respect. No. You feel me? No. Six, I had to learn to forgive others for myself. Now, yes, you've heard it before. It sounds so cliche. And you're like, how the fuck can I forgive this person? Look, when it comes to matters of sexual assault and and things like that, and things that are traumatic in that sense, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to force you to forgive anybody. I'm not going to force you to understand their point of view. I'm not going to say to do that, that that's what's best. None none of that. Not in that case. Um, not in that case because you have every right to your anger. But in other cases, I would say that it helps me to... I had to learn how to forgive my mom and dad for being so angry, for being addicted to drugs, for being addicted to alcohol, for not being able to break the generational curses, um, for raising me to the quote-unquote best of their abilities, um, and for not, for not, you know, I had to forgive them for not not raising me the way that I f- know I deserved you know, um, I had to understand that many things happened in my mother's and father's life, life that affected who they were as, as adults. My mother was sexually abused. Uh, my mother was raped. Um, my mother was molested at a young age, very young age, um, by her mother's brother. So, and my father was bullied severely at home and at school. And he went through, he had a physical 
Well, he had an abusive relationship with his father as well. And with his sibling, with his, one of his siblings um, as well. And so those are no excuses, but I, 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 I took a look into their lives to take the moment to understand that they literally both had a child inside of them that never healed from their childhood trauma too. And it's unfortunate, but I love them enough to forgive them for what they did and did not do. And and that goes the same for everyone else because I've forgiven people and never fucking talked to them again. Um, like, for instance, this is an example. Uh, I believe a year or so ago, I got into an argument with um, one a close aunt of mine. And uh, I told her I'd been feeling depressed and I told her I'd been having these certain dark thoughts. And she said to me that my life was good, that I shouldn't have those thoughts, yada, yada, yada. And she proceeded to tell me things about her life, not knowing that her literal example was the prime example of how I haven't lived an easy life. Um, But because she gave me reasons and because she said your life isn't hard, you know, and basically you don't deserve to feel that way or or you you don't have a reason to i anybody who who tries to ask you why and makes you rationalize your depression uh they don't understand depression and it's not your fucking job to teach them what depression is cuz trust they could go fucking look it up they could read a fucking book if they wanted to help you they could fucking google it like literally, but a lot of people don't want to fucking help you. They just want to tell you why the fuck you shouldn't feel down on yourself, right? Why you shouldn't have a pity party. And sometimes, yeah, you got to be aggressive with yourself. You got to be like, all right, bitch, come on, let's get back on it. But when you're in that depressed right, and you're having those dark thoughts, guess what? You're not always going to be in the mood to talk to yourself that fucking rough. You actually don't give a fuck. And then when somebody's over here telling you this crazy shit that you don't got a reason to feel that way, you're like, fuck you. So anyways, I proceeded to to have a conversation with her. But after that day, I have not spoken to her. And I forgive her. I love my aunt. And, you know, I really wished that that day would have went different so that I could enjoy her presence still. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to forget. So I forgave her. But... I'm not going to forget, okay? Uh, <laughs> you know, I can obviously forgive you for me and we can move on. And I don't have to speak to you again. And I don't know if I'll ever speak to you again. But one thing is that I'm not going to give someone an excuse. And I'm not going to make excuses for somebody and make an apology for someone who's never apologized. I'm not going to fucking do it. So, nope. Anyways. Moving on. Seven, I learned to forgive myself and be unashamed of myself. So you have to learn to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you make while healing from this trauma because there are certain things that I did as a teenager that I, or even a young adult that I felt ashamed of that almost stopped me in my tracks, right? Because shame is a motherfucker. Shame will have you almost paralyzed like you're unable to move on 
you're unable to feel proud of yourself. When you're unable to be proud of yourself, that's a dangerous feeling. When you're ashamed of your own self, that's a dangerous feeling. So whatever you do, be anything but ashamed of yourself. Learn to forgive yourself because you have to. Number eight, creating the life that I love helped me to heal from childhood trauma. Um, I had to, like I said, learn who I was, what I liked to do, what I wanted to do. I had to, you know, I had to create that life for myself because I didn't know a life that was joyful, that was full of hope, that was grateful, that was uh, the life that I wanted to live. Um, I didn't know that life, and so I had to create it for myself. Number nine, know that every day is a new day that teaches you something new and allows you to start over well i wrote it in my my perspective so something that helped me heal from childhood trauma is knowing that every day is a new day that teaches me something new and allows me to start over so every day is a new day and like i said uh every day you're gonna have to come with whatever you need for the day you know what i'm saying some days you wake up feeling hydrated some days you wake up feeling dehydrated so guess what some days you're gonna wake up um and you're going to feel positive, maybe. <laughs> and some days you're going to wake up and you're not going to feel so positive And you're going to feel anxiety filled. And on those days, you're going to need to come with what you need. What you know yourself needs. If you need those positive affirmations. And you're going to have to learn how to prepare for those moments in advance. You're going to have to learn how to be on your P's and Q's when it comes to your trauma. Um... So that means whether that means saying your affirmations in the morning every day because, you know, you weren't affirmed enough as a child or whether that means, you know, having a morning ritual for mindfulness and presentness to get rid of that anxiety, Um, whether that means learning to forgive yourself and to forgive others daily and to forgive but not forget in a way that lessens lessons what you experienced because those are still your experiences but in a way that lessens the present trauma in your life so you want to keep that trauma in the past you don't want to carry that with you because the only person that it's going to affect is you um number 10 changing my mindset so i had to leave the mindset like i said of anger behind and uh with that anger came negativity i had to learn to leave the mindset of negativity behind for sure because i just was not able to be a positive person at a certain point and literally it's needed for fucking for manifesting for being grateful you know what i'm saying um for getting what you want out of life a certain type of joy is necessary (laughs) okay um especially yeah if you want to manifest shit in life if you want to attract shit in life you're going to need that positivity you're going to need those high vibrations that radiance flowing through you so you can literally be a fucking magnet to whatever it is that you want you got to know that it's coming to you so in order for that you gotta be positive (laughs) number 11 i had to learn how to dream i had to learn how to dream so 
being raised in the hood and also just sort of, you know, being in this family that had drug addictions, that had alcohol addictions, where your needs weren't always put above uh, addictions and things like that, you know, you didn't always know how to dream or you didn't feel like you had any options. You didn't feel, I didn't feel like I had many options or many choices. So I chose things that would literally be uh, the easiest. Like, for example, I chose nursing as uh, my career. But uh, am I a fucking nurse right now? No, because I realized that I didn't want my life to be realistic. I wanted to fucking dream. And I wanted to do whatever it was that I fucking dreamed. And I'm doing it. So that's why I'm fucking proud of myself because... Every day, you got to find a reason to be proud of yourself. And I am living and I'm walking in my dream and I'm doing the damn thing. So I got to continue to keep that same energy when it comes to me feeling accomplished. Number 12, this and this is the last one. I had to learn how to make those dreams reality. So your dreams aren't just going to become your reality overnight. That's not how it works. So after you put it on paper, after you get it in your mind, after you see that vision, that's what it, that's what is important, that vision, because if it's in your mind, you can do it. If you have the vision, if you have the vision, if you can fucking see it in your mind, you can fucking do it and you can make that your reality. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. And if you got that crazy ass idea that nobody's fucking heard of before, that nobody really can see the vision for, stop waiting on people to see your vision and just do what the fuck you know you got to do because that's your assignment. That's your vision. That's your dream. No one else is going to have that vision. No one else is going to have the passion for that shit like you do. So you got to really fucking believe in yourself and you got to know who you are. Don't come out here playing no games because I'm literally speaking to myself right now, too, because that's what I needed to hear. I had to hear that. I ain't finna come out here. You fuck the bullshit. I'm finna stop playing games because, you know, what I lack a lot of the times is faith in myself, is uh, positivity in myself, is, you know what I'm saying, belief in myself that I'm going to fucking do what I say I'm going to do, and what I am dreaming of. But to do that, it takes work. You got to learn how to motivate yourself. You got to learn how to be your own best friend, your biggest motivator, your biggest trainer, whatever it is that you need yourself to be. You got to be that shit times 10. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody else is going to wake up in the morning and nobody else is going to write these outlines for me. Nobody's going to record the podcast. Nobody's going to save up the money for the equipment. Nobody is going to be looking for studios. Nobody's going to be doing this, 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 and that. I have to do it. And that's 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 cool with me. Okay, so once you dream, then you got to worry about doing. People always say doing is the hardest part and dreaming is the easy part. Not for me. For me, dreaming was the hardest part. And once you can see, once you have visions, once you can, <laughs> sorry, I'm burping. Once you can visualize that success, you can manifest it. You can work for it. You can bring it to you. You can make it yours. So, guys, I hope that this episode was helpful to you. I hope that you were able to learn a little bit about how to heal yourself and um, 
I just hope that this was helpful to you in a way that's going to help you get up tomorrow and is going to help that little girl inside of you or that even this is not just for women. (laughs) This is definitely for my men, too. So to help that young boy inside of you heal and feel loved and feel joy and feel peace. All right, I'm going to go ahead and close it up here, guys. I love you all. Thank you all for tuning in so much. Hope you enjoyed the vibes. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Talk to you later. Love you.